0: Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson,
1: and I'm Maureen Smith. And we are joined today by Eli Ramirez from Halfwit Coffee.
2: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Cool. Beautiful morning. It's nice and chilly outside. Oh man! It's...
1: I got to go outside and let Eli in. Oh, it's so nice outside.
0: Yeah. So I'm in. So, do you? Are you a winter person or a? Uh, winter summer person yeah
2: definitely During
1: I winter all the way
2: yeah I lived in uh I lived in Texas for four years okay and uh, those summers are hard mm-hmm. and I felt like the weak one because everybody who I was with you know lived there and born there mm-hmm. so they were used to it but I was like I can't do this mm-hmm. how do you how do you deal with this I'd rather go outside in the cold
1: yeah. and put on
2: layers you know <laughs> so I'm a winter person yeah
1: yeah no I I uh, went to school in Baltimore okay and it is a It is a swamp there. It is crazy. From being so close to the water. Yeah. And it's also, like, so close to D.C., and D.C. is so notoriously hot. But um, I lived in a fourth-floor walk-up with no air conditioning for a summer, and... I, I lost like 10 pounds from just sweating. sweating. <laughs> it was great. I like, I like went home to visit my mom and she was like, Maureen, you look great. And what have you, what have you been doing? I'm like, literally nothing. Only sweating. Living.
0: <laughs> I yeah. have a human spouse. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm interested in that too, because I feel like there's something about, being a person that's really into coffee that, like, the winter really lends yourself to that. Like, mm-hmm. I like, I like iced, iced coffee fine, and, you know, we'll drink that during the summer, but I, I feel like the the dream is just that, like, idyllic, like, you're sitting in a coffee shop with, like, a, a fun little mug, and you're just, like, and there's, like, a little bit of snow falling, and you <laughs> just, like, take a, a nice, warm sip of coffee, mm-hmm. like...
2: You're warming your hands. Right. You're warming your whole body. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you tried one of those mugs that warms your hands but actually just burns the shit out of you i actually no. have one i actually no i actually have one over here it's like nonsense sorry i'm getting off mic one of these
2: oh right oh. so like the handle is like a divot into yeah the mug but it hurts
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so like it would be fine if it was like a child's oh. temperature steamer or something uh-huh. like that. But no, Or like, no, it's or like lukewarm coffee. coffee. No. And so that is a completely unusable mug.
2: There is a market for pain. There is <laughs> yeah. somebody out there who's like, that is a mug for me.
1: <laughs> no. Um, but I got that for, that for that exact aesthetic of like, ooh, it'll be so cozy. Sure, yeah. And then I actually used it and just burned the <laughs> hell out of my hand It was like no so cool. yeah
0: well I think the first thing we should probably do because obviously we know a lot about Halfway but would you mind telling our audience a little bit about the company and kind of what y'all do
2: yeah totally so um for anybody unfamiliar Wit is a coffee roastery um we started out of a cafe so if you've ever been to Wicker Park to the wormhole mm. that is how our company started uh about seven years ago and then a year and a half to two years into that uh they opened a roasting company and so the wormhole and halfwit are actually like the same company but like different brands right mm-hmm. um so wormhole is the cafe halfwit is the roasting side and so we have grown uh independently of each other um but we still are you know same owner yeah same same everything um but halfwit has definitely like taken off the last five years is um i think being like a pretty good roaster in chicago because chicago is interesting because there just are so many coffee roasters It's a huge amount of coffee roasters here but Mm -hmm. we've just been kind of doing our own thing and right now we roast um we share a space with gas gaslight coffee over on milwaukee and fullerton and Mm. we're actually moving into our our own space over on kimball and fullerton we're opening a brand new cafe training lab and roastery I love that little jingle.
1: The cats are, like, they're in happy. rare form this morning. Yeah.
0: Now, <laughs> frequent listeners of the show are, are, like, used to the fact that the cats are doing weird stuff, but like this <laughs> is particularly, like, they're they're kind of fighting with each other. There's, like, a weird... It's, like, the battle of the half-wit coffee interview going on with the cats right now. Oh. They're,
2: they're happy I'm here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so... My, my first question is, I guess, what sets you apart from the other craft coffee that mm-hmm. you'll find in Chicago?
2: Um, so this is almost a question that I think, like, the obvious answer is, like, I think our coffee's really good. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not even it, because I think there's a lot of people in Chicago who are doing awesome coffee. Honestly, what I think, like, can set us apart is the way we interact with, like, all of our partners. You know, like all of our wholesale accounts, like these are people that it's not like transaction based, like I'm at their shop every Mm -hmm. day, you know what I mean? I know their staff, like we work really hard to like get to know who we're working with and only choose to work with people who want to work with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I really don't like a lot of the one sided nature that a wholesale like relationship can be. And so that's what I think sets us apart is how much effort um, our owner puts into that and how much effort, like that's my whole job is just making sure they're all happy and that they feel cared for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I think sets us apart is my whole job is to just think about them all the time and to anticipate their needs. And so I can just be like another player on their team helping, you know, sitting in the sidelines when I need to, or being right there when they need me.
1: So Mm -hmm. you're like the head of everybody's coffee program, basically.
2: I'm, I'm like the helper. Yeah. The, the secret <laughs> helper. Yeah. Sometimes, like, I work bar shifts at certain shops if they need help. Sometimes, like, we help them open. Sometimes we train the staff, like we were talking about earlier, from mm-hmm. inception to open. Sometimes we train new people on the staff. Like, it's a little bit of everything. But it's also really important to us that there's always a face there. So yeah. even if we're not doing something actively, I'll go, like, do work at a cafe that we partner with. You know what I mean? So they just know that, like, hey, like, we're here to help. I'm right. here and I'm going to, like, support you financially by, like, buying your product. But also, like, we're going to support each other.
0: Cool. Um, actually, my first uh, curiosity after hearing all of that is I feel like one of the the thing that's interesting to me is the the training and working with staff and, and, and helping to grow that. And I'm also curious, just because I know that um, coffee generally, I feel like, there might be a reputation for the staff that there's like a lot of turnover. Yeah. Um, do you feel like having that? I, cause I imagine that the, this, that having that relationship helps like foster people feeling comfortable in their jobs, basically.
2: Definitely. Like, um, the, the one of the most amazing things about the wormhole. So I actually started working at the wormhole as like a trainer. So I worked there for like a whole year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have anybody who hadn't worked there for like under a year most employees at the wormhole have been there two or three years. Cool. Right. And that's like really because our owner Travis like takes such good care of us. And like, you can tell that he, that's like his number one thing is like making sure we're happy. And so that we try to have that like bleed over, but that definitely is a huge thing like within our own company. But Mm -hmm. it's also something that like we can't always handle when it comes to like outside, like other coffee companies, you know what I mean? Like I can care for them as much as possible. Um, but hopefully we've chosen the right coffee companies to partner with, that we kind of find each other. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely.
2: Like the two companies that have different ideals are just kind of attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. At least that's the the idea in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Not always a thing, but... Right. It works when people can see it happen at the wormhole.
1: Mm-hmm. They're like,
2: wow, these people are all happy. You know?
1: Yeah. Right. No, I, I've i worked so many... I've been a barista since I was 18, and I've, I'm older than that now. And <laughs> I'm... You know, oh, what? <laughs> um, I am always like to find the shop that has like veteran employees mm-hmm. is so unusual. Um, I've only worked at one, one shop in my entire time as, you know, entire almost 10 years of being a barista where I, where I stayed for more than like six months. And like, and and that's just because of the nature of turnover. And like, it's so, it's so unusual to find a place where people end up staying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: The the other thing that I think a lot of people don't necessarily talk about is like, you know, being a barista, you're in the service industry and it's all about like giving and giving and giving, but you're never like really thinking about yourself. You're Mm -hmm. always thinking about like helping other people. And I think that can have a huge impact on mental health. You know, Absolutely. Like like self confidence or just like general happiness or yeah. like it can really ease into like feeding anxiety and like depression. Like mm-hmm. I know I've been there. When you're at those shops where you're like, Man, the owner doesn't care about my well being. I'm the only one who can care about my well being, but my whole job is caring about everybody else's well being. Mm-hmm. You know, you forget about yourself. It's really easy to do that when you're in that environment. So like I I mean, I've been in the same boat, just yeah. turnover after turnover after turnover, and you're and you're like, Man, like this has to there has to be a better way to do this. Well
1: yeah. yeah. And well and it's crazy when you do find because this is this has happened at a couple shops where I've I've worked there and there's turnover all around me and I don't understand why mm-hmm. where I'm like, I like I like working here, but I don't understand why everyone around me is just like fleeing. Yeah. And it makes you it makes you like doubt that you enjoy it. Seriously. And mm. it's and there's and you know then then it's like you're saying the nature of the service industry is so physically exhausting, mentally exhausting and so any like like it, it on its face it's not fun. Like no. standing for 8 hours, carrying getting paid things, not a whole lot. Right. And so just any like s- seed of doubt that's planted spreads so quickly because like you could be a receptionist. Yeah. You could sit at a desk and get to be on Facebook all day or, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's,
0: it, it eats away at you. It really I've does. I've Yeah. Definitely. Well, I know, um, something that, uh, we were talking about a bit before we started recording and something that I think ties into this conversation really well is, is, um, something that I've been thinking about a lot uh especially like since i learned that specialty coffee was a thing which is just kind of like and it's i don't think i just think about this with coffee i even think about this a lot with the magazine i think about it a lot with a lot of different things but the idea of managing and scaling growth especially when it comes to um trying to keep true to a mission or an ideal and i i think that halfwit is one of those rare um uh existences, companies that um that manages that. And so I'm curious if you could speak to that.
2: Yeah. Um so when when we think about when our company in and of itself thinks about growth, we never really think about it in the way of like like targets. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we want to be here by this year, here by this year. I mean there might be like general talks of what we want, but we don't necessarily like strive for it and push for it. Um a lot of times it's like we have to be like really true to ourselves so if one week i have five different people who are really interested in our coffee i have to ask myself first like can i handle that right mm-hmm. can i add these five people to my already existing roster of people i have to care about mm-hmm. can i give them the same treatment i gave everybody else or if i add them in will i be diluting everybody else's treatment you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we ask ourselves first because a lot of times a lot of people will be like oh great there's five people interested in us. That means five more companies are ordering from us. That means more money for us. But it's not about that. It's about like, can we actually have a relationship mm-hmm. with these people? Do they want to work with us as much as we want to work with them? Or do they just want to buy our coffee and that's it? Um, so that's kind of how we like, you know, stay true to growth. And I think that um, can be like, it's fairly evident. You know, we've been around for five years and we don't even have a cafe. Right? Mm-hmm. We're just restry. We're just about to open our first cafe After five years? Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a super long time to wait, and there's been so many challenges that have come with that because a lot of times the visibility of half-wit to the consumer is so low because we're just a roastery, right? We don't have a cafe. Nobody can go to a half-wit, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, a lot of other people after maybe a year would have opened a cafe, but Mm -hmm. then the roasting operations most likely would have suffered, right? Right. And so it's like we as a company our owner just wants to get like the footing down first and for us that took five years yeah to get like a solid base of like okay now we can open a cafe
0: but it's you know i i will give some credit because the thing is though that you have made there are some significant moves in like specifically different neighborhoods like i know of a couple the place i i think of is obviously a place we're at a lot which is nightcap nightcap Mm. coffee bar in pilsen oh yeah totally um
1: we held performances there all summer. Awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: Awesome. Aaron's a good dude.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, fantastic. He's got, Um, I feel like I should plug this. He's got a um, that, uh, where is it from? The, the, the wombat coffee? Is it wombat or oh. is it? Weasel. 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 The one that's like super fancy. I think it's Vietnamese. I'm not sure. I think it's,
1: it's Vietnamese weasel poop coffee. Yeah.
0: Oh. And they're doing He's... a
1: tasting on like the 6th.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, um <laughs> but what I think is interesting is um Half as a brand really lends itself to these kind of you know, I mean like Aaron runs that shop himself. Yeah. Like it's the like he and he's in there like all the time and mm-hmm. um you know these kind this like companies that are the same thing where it's like they have a space they have a they're a coffee shop in a space but they're not trying to you know be the next starbucks or be the next whatever um Dunkin donuts or something um and and so you know i'm also curious as far as like making those decisions i mean like where is the are there blinders on that like
2: yeah, I think, like, so if we, if we talk specifically about Nightcap, right, like, Aaron is a really hands-on owner. He's mm-hmm. a guy who's in there all the time. Like, he is running his shop. Yeah. Um. And Travis, our owner, is very similar. Uh, every single day, every day of the week, Travis is at Wormhole at Open. Every day. At 7 a.m., yeah. yeah. Or, like, 6.45, he'll unlock the door and walk in while the baristas are, like, doing their thing. But Travis is there every day to make sure that, like, all of us are happy to make sure, like, we're all good. Or, like, some days when he knows we're all good, he'll just, like, chill out and, you know, hang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the partnerships that we have just come from Travis's, like, innate ability of, like, two similar creatures attracting, yeah. right? Like, Aaron is a really hands-on person, and Travis is a really hands-on person. And so I think it's just one of those things that, like, almost makes
0: sense. Absolutely. and it's But it's weird that it's rare for... Like it takes, like it takes five years. Like it t- for that, because I, I feel like I know a lot of. I would like to believe that I'm a similar beast in my own endeavors. That, it like I find that it takes a long time for those kinds of entities to find themselves, like mm-hmm. find each other, because there's a lot of like, like building foundation and like building what it is that you want to be doing. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Um,
0: so, (laughs) um,
1: I would love to, well, how long has Wormhole been around?
2: Wormhole's been around for about seven years.
1: Okay. And then, so, so then Halfwit came two years later. Mm -hmm. So were y'all just like hatching and scheming at Wormhole before then? Or
2: I think, um, I think like going back to like Travis's hands on nature, I think he just wanted to do it himself. Like, yeah. uh, when Wormhole first opened, we were getting coffee from somebody else. And I think Travis was probably just like, I want to do this. You know what <laughs> I Because mean? that's just the kind of person he is. Yeah. Um, and not in a good way, right. I think. And so that's kind of where I think it came from.
1: Where were y'all we getting coffee from? Uh,
2: Metropolis. Cool. Yeah. Way back in the day.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's weird to think of.
2: Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so I would love to... To, we we talked at the be like before we started recording about how like you're not the sourcing guy and i'm yeah. not a sourcing person like i'm very much like clacking the group head and, yeah, you sure, know, sure. filters so like i but i'm very interested and you were telling us that you had like a cool experience with one yeah, of these farmers sure. i'd love to hear about it uh,
2: so yeah in general um All of the sourcing for the company is done by our director of coffee. Her name's Mandy and she's awesome. So like if anybody listening wants to ask her specifics about like kind of her ideals, you can just like shoot her an email, mandy at halfwoodcoffee.com. But last year I was like fortunate enough to to get to see the process for myself. Um, So there's like a series of competitions that happen every year. Um, There's like United States barista competitions And uh, you basically, if you want to compete in that one, you have to qualify at other, like lower events, and then you kind of work your way up. And so I've always been really into competing. Um, And so last year I competed to represent the company, and I made it through the qualifying events, and then I made it to the national competition. So out of like 120 people, like 36 people go on to the nationals. And it's pretty uh, normal if you go to nationals that you also will go to the origin from where your coffee is coming from. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, obviously it's not everybody, but like it's more normal than you'd think, you know? And so this competition really is to, it's like a 15 minute routine where you are talking about a coffee or two coffees or three coffees. Usually they're coming from the same place. Usually they're coming from the same person. And so last year was my first time ever going to nationals. And I was like, I feel like if I am going to talk about this, I need to, like, experience it. Mm-hmm. To have it come off as truly honest and organic. You know, as opposed to just, like, reading information that you've... Or saying information that you've read. Right. Yeah. Right? So, the farm and the coffee I used was from China. Which is very odd. Um, it was actually kind of cool because like, nobody had ever competed with a Chinese coffee at a national competition. Ever. So that was kind of cool. Um, and Chinese specialty coffee is like just starting to emerge. It's like a baby Mm -hmm. right now, like just coming to the world. Um, But basically I flew to China three flights later in like 24 hours of travel, I got to South China in a place, Pu'er, like where the tea comes from. Uh, And I met with this guy named Tim who owns a coffee exporting company. So basically Tim works with producers in China to get their coffee and then Tim will send it to People mm-hmm. And uh, I hung out with Tim, and then we drove from Pu'er even more south, like, all the way to the border of, like, Myanmar and China, and in a town called Munglian, is this guy whose name is Mr. Hu. Uh, H-U. I love
1: every part of
2: this. Yeah. And basically, Mr. Hu has lived in that, like, area his whole life, and uh, he was, like, a rubber farmer. He was a tea farmer for a really long time, but he, like, kind of got known in the community for being, like, the best, like, taster of anything, and also the guy who was just, like, so knowledgeable about farming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, basically, he's a lot older now, but he owns seven farms in Munglian, some of which don't produce specialty coffee, some of which do, and basically, Tim and him have partnered together, where Tim is constantly learning from Mr. Who, and Mr. Who's kind of learning from Tim, because Tim's an American, So that's the interesting thing, Yeah, is, like, the cultures are very different, but they've come together. Um, And so, basically, Tim is trying to help uh, Mr. Who emerge into the specialty market as best he can. Um, Because a lot of the coffee in China is just grown at mass. Mm -hmm. Like, just a ton of it, and a lot of it is sold to, like, Nestle or something.
1: That sucks.
2: Yeah, it does because there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And so, Mr. Who right now has three farms that grow what is considered like specialty coffee. And when I was there, I got to live in Mr. Who's house with him uh, on one of his farms. So, I lived there for like five days. And uh, he, it, it was, I mean, it was one of the most incredible experiences I ever had. All the food. That he eats is grown on his own land. So all of the animals and all of the fruits and vegetables, he grows himself. He also has three families that live with him on his property. It's like a big, long house. And it's just like family one, family two, family three, like kind of all next to each other. And they all live and work together. And um, it was amazing. And Mr. Who is like this character in the community who is looked at like... um, like, almost like the information giver. He's very gracious with his time and all the information. Nothing is hidden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times, people from the community will just come up and spend days with him to just learn everything, right? Not even yeah. just coffee things, but, like, almost, like, life things. And that is definitely, like, ingrained in their culture is like, the respect of the elderly. Right. And Mr. Who has kind of, like, built himself up to now be, like, the the super ultra-intelligent elder. And right. so just getting to, like be with him and be with Tim was like incredible. And so that's the kind of relationship that I think Half Wit or any coffee company really is striving for. Mm-hmm. Is a relationship that is not just about the coffee, but it's like about spending time with that person and le- learning who they are and learning why they do the things they do. And, you know, that idea is like really great, but it's also not very feasible cuz you know it's a lot of money to yeah. send to send a person to every single origin but when our company can do that we will choose to do that because now um our company and myself have like a very personal relationship with tim and with mr who and and his whole family and everybody that i've met there you know what i mean and those relationships spawn other relationships
1: Mm -hmm. well and that's just the relationship that the wholesale director has with one farm that's to say nothing of what your director of coffee has, has fostered, you know, that's, that's her realm, her realm. You can
2: imagine Mandy managing a million different things. And then on top of that, a huge part of her responsibility is like, um, having relationships with companies that are importing coffee. So there's a ton of companies in the U S who their job is to import the coffee, right? Like a big one is cafe imports up in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. They have a ton of people on their team their responsibility is to get amazing coffee and harvest and, like, kind of cultivate those relationships. But then Mandy can now have relationships with Cafe Imports. And so they have become, like, a really important vehicle for us to have, like, a streamlined relationship. You know what I mean? And so it's not only just relationships at origin, but it's also, like, relationships all along the way. And, yeah, that's the great thing about Mandy is she has so many years of experience with that. Mm -hmm. She came into the company, like, with, you know... All this stuff. Cool.
1: No, I, um, so I, from working at, I used to work at Tradecraft, or uh, when I was there, it was called True Brew. It's basically a coffee and tea uh, distributor. And one of my jobs was being knowledgeable about our different roasting partners. And so I spent a fair amount of time on your website. And the things that struck me as cool about, and what set, and what to me set you apart from our other roasting partners. Was um, that you were so transparent about who you're getting the coffee from? Mm-hmm. Like with every, what was cool was that with every coffee, um, you also like had a picture of the farm mm-hmm. and like you know a a little map with like a pin drop of like this is where the coffee's yeah. from. Um, so that was super cool, was just like, this is where it's from, because I think that that's what a lot of people don't, they don't really think about, like, they're like, oh yeah, it's Guatemala, and it's from Guatemala, and just kind of like... As a
2: whole,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: it's just (laughs) like, you land in Guatemala, you're handed coffee, and then you leave, but it's like, no, you have to, like, go, and you have to, and you have to meet the guy, and then you have to, then you meet the guy's family, and then it's, um...
0: Well, and then it's that, and then it's also the thing that everyone, not everyone, but like what a lot of specialty coffee companies do, which is really start getting into the flavor and getting into like what it is. But I think it's interesting, like, um, have y'all found that, like, specifically what I'm curious about right now is like, the. I don't think I've ever had coffee from, from China. So I'm curious what it tastes like.
2: Oh, okay. So this one specifically was very interesting. And, mm-hmm. like, very narrow, right? Um, so it came from this farm called Achibadu. Um, so this was about an hour and a half drive up this mountain that was kind of northwest of where Mr. Who lived, that place that I was staying. Mm-hmm. And it's this huge just range of mountains, and you're kind of zigzagging up and up and up, and it's, like, a super uneven, rocky road. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are some times when you're, like, really close to the edge, you know, like, classic like traveling yeah. show right. thing uh but after about an hour and a half we get to this farm called achibadu and it's this big c-shaped mountain and the town achibadu is actually on top there is like probably 20 people that lived there and then on the side of that c-shaped mountain is um, where mr who had planted all of this coffee and so the that farm itself only produced about two bags of coffee which equates like give or take 220 pounds 240 pounds yeah something around that so an insanely small yeah amount of coffee and basically because it was so small tim and mr who kind of made this like agreement to use that coffee for experimentation you know it's lower risk because there's not a whole lot of it right? right and so the idea with that specific coffee was they were going to test out different processing methods you know Mm. how the coffee is handled once it's picked to once it's shipped and sold that's Mm. so cool kind of everything in the middle is like a general processing Yeah. yeah and so with that it was naturally processed which like long story short they just took the actual cherry so the entire thing intact and laid it on these raised beds so it's almost like laying it on top of a screen just to let dry almost air dry and so it dried, if I remember correctly, it was 22 days. It just sat there, and they kind of turned into, like, little raisins, right? Mm-hmm. All of the moisture from, like, the cherry pulp will kind of seep its way into the actual seed, which is, like, what our roasted beans are, mm-hmm. um, and then the whole thing will dry. I mean, it's like if you've ever left, like, a piece of fruit out, and mm-hmm. all the moisture goes away, it just kind of shrivels up, yeah. and so they turn really hard, like little rocks. Like, you can't even, like, bust it open with your hands, and so then you basically just rip all the excess stuff off, get the inside thing, make sure it's good to go. So that specific coffee had a very interesting flavor profile because of that, kind of all of those things merging. Right. So I think on competition day, tasting notes are really important in competitions. On competition day, my notes, I think, were black cherry, blackberry, and dark chocolate, which sounds pretty dope right yeah. and in in milk it was like like candied like pecans because that black cherry just turned into just like sweetness and sugariness. Mm-hmm. and that dark chocolate with the dairy turned into like a really like fresh nut yeah mm. so it's a pretty it was a pretty cool coffee um and the cool thing was we bought all of it mm-hmm. so we were the only people in the world who had that coffee for one shining moment mm-hmm. you know what i mean <laughs> we had it um And, like, I was able to be at that exact farm and help process the coffee with them and meet the farmers who are doing the work, you know? Yeah. Like, I was able to, like, go into their homes and just, like, spend time with them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is your life, you know? Our industry would be nothing if you weren't doing the actual
0: work, you know? Do you get the, like, um... I'm gonna make a dumb joke. The moment in, what's that movie, Ratatouille, where he eats the I thing, haven't... and he, like, uh, well, he, so, it's, um, he eats the Ratatouille, and he, like, gets taken back to when he's a kid. But oh, I mean, yeah. It's just, like, it's just, like, out of his head, uh-huh. kind of moment thing. Do you, ever, do you get that with that coffee, or any yes. coffees? Yeah.
2: Frequently. It, yeah. It would evoke, you know, just, like, the amazing memories that I had there, mm-hmm. because that time was also, like, an extremely special time just in my life, so, like, the whole trip to China and being able to experience life with them for, like, five days was, like, something... It's, it is still something I think about legitimately every day. Like, it's something that doesn't go away. You know, the people that I met, mm-hmm. no one can take that away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, funny, like, story kind of relating to that. So, Tim has um, some business partners. They co-own this exporting company, right? Um, and one of the guys' name is josh and he's this really tall uh extrovert australian guy you know kind of like the larger than life personality amazing person so josh was with us when we went to achibadu and i had this whole experience where i was there i was spending time with the farmer or the pickers and everything and like um, the picker's wife was making us tea and we ate the honey that he grew in his backyard and it was just like this amazing experience and afterwards i was kind of like speechless i was like And I was like, I don't even know how to process what just happened. Like, you can't buy that kind of thing. No. Right? You know, it's just like really right place, right time. And so I was talking to Josh and I was like, Josh, like, I don't know how to communicate this to somebody else. I don't know how to communicate that experience. And he told me, he was like, you know, sometimes you experience things that are just meant for you. They're not meant to be communicated. They're meant to be in your heart you know, and to live with you, like, forever. And that's something that, like, I'll, like, remember forever. And that's how I feel about it now. It's, like, it was so personal and unique that that experience was meant to push me in a way, mm-hmm. to influence how I act every day towards everybody. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. What do you, for you, what is it about coffee that, like, does that? Because I feel like, like, it's not a... I mean, you, some people say they need it, but it's not, like, you could go through a day without it, like, it's yeah. not, like, like, what is it about coffee? Uh-huh.
2: I, I think, like, it, it has nothing to do with the product at all at a certain point. It honestly, for me, has to do with, like, the people you meet, mm-hmm. the relationships that are being formed, like, I'm sitting with you two, I never would have done that if I wasn't in this industry, and, like, right. it's so cool that, like, both of y'all have invited me into your space. And you just like, let me talk, you know what I mean? But like, we're not drinking coffee. We're not talking about like how that cup I brewed tasted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about making money. This is what it's about. It's like, you know, personal philosophy wise, like our whole lives are built on like how you're affecting other people and how other people are affecting you and how you're growing with people and growing from people. You know what I mean? And that's what it came down to. When I first like got into coffee, I, uh, couldn't, I couldn't find a job in coffee because I had no experience. Mm-hmm. So I was just like an 18 year old. I was in college. Nobody would hire me. Cause I was just like some green, green person. I had nothing. Yeah. And so what I did was I started selling coffee out of my dorm room to just anybody who would come. <laughs> cool. and yeah. It was, that was a fun time. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point it had nothing to do with the coffee I was serving. It was just like, man, I want to meet these people and I want these people to come into my space and I want these people to, like, interact with me and I want to interact with them. And coffee is just the vehicle. I mean, it could have been anything. It could Mm -hmm. have been, like, I was cooking something. Or, like, if you're, you know, like a bartender, you're serving alcohol. Like, that's just the vehicle at which the more important things, I think, come. And I think when you have people on your team that are all in that same mind, you will be successful. Yeah. Because it, you
1: know. No, in my mind... In terms of, like, connecting with someone and, like, making something and handing it to someone and having that thing that you've made be a part of their day. I think that coffee is stands apart from, like, you know, a, a sandwich or, like, a martini because in the, like, you're with them, like, in the morning. You know, you're you're seeing someone, you know... It, you know, there are countless, like, you know, stupid t-shirts and coffee mugs that say, like, don't bug me before my yeah. coffee. But, hi, I'm here to bug you before your coffee. Yeah, yeah. And It's very intimate. It is. In a
2: certain sense. Like, you you are sometimes the first point of contact that this person mm-hmm. will have, you know, if you're, like, a barista opening a shop or whatever. Yeah. That is really important. And, like, you know, depending on how that interaction goes, that could set the tone for the rest of their day you know absolutely um not only like that but like the coffee a lot of people do use it as like that fuel or like that caffeine like they need it to wake up you know mm-hmm. and it's that's really important to know that a barista has like a certain amount of power and that you know just to give you know coffee makes people more charming
1: well and what one of my favorite things to do is to people will come into to my shop and ask me all the time like how much cafe, like here's what I have to get done. (laughs) How much caffeine, Uh like what, and so my day is spent hearing what people are about to do Mm -hmm. and how, what can I give them to help them accomplish that? And usually it's me being like, oh, well, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you have a crazy day. You know, how sensitive to you are, are you to caffeine? If, you know, if not very, you know, if, You know, if if you're fine with caffeine, I recommend, like, matcha. And, like, this one time, I, this woman was, like, it was, like, 7 a.m. She's, like, I have the craziest day ahead of me. I don't know what to do. Like, I, like, I'm so exhausted. And I was, like, and I was, like, how important is taste to you? (laughs) And she was, like, in this moment, not at all. Uh And I was, like, all right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to Frankenstein something for you and it's going to taste awful.
2: (laughs) But it'll do the job.
1: It's going to be a double shot of espresso and it's going to be a double shot of matcha just in a cup and you can put sugar in it if you want to, but you're going to get that spike from that espresso and then, but then that matcha is going to level you out Yeah. and it's going to last for like six hours. Holy cow. So, and she was like, okay, great. And then I saw her the next day and she was like, I got so much done.
2: <laughs> like, Please yes! tell me you watched her like go to the condiment bar and just shoot it back. Like, get <laughs> shot. That's what I'm imagining right now. Is that cup is only like this big. and she Yeah. Does yeah it. I
1: think I put it in like an eight ounce, like a Cortado oh, nice. cappuccino cup. And, um, I don't know. I think that, <laughs> I mean, she drank it pretty quickly cause she was like, I gotta get uh-huh. going. But, like, that's, like, one of my, <laughs> stupidly, it's, like, one of my most, like, treasured, like, okay, how important is taste to you? Mm-hmm.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> That'll be something you never forget, yeah. right? <laughs> that was, like, a time when you, like, truly helped somebody. Yeah. You know? I love that.
0: I always, for a while, I was I would order red eyes, and I would always love the face that I would get from people when you order a red eye. I would or, specifically order a 20-ounce red eye. They'd be like all right (laughs) yeah
2: i feel like the people who get like red eyes generally are like a true breed of their own Mm because it's rare i i mean when i was on bar that's not that's like a once a day drink yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah if you ordered a 20 ounce red eye i would be like okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. like you know what you're
0: about to get yourself into right it was a time where it wasn't it wasn't an everyday it was like a but it was like I was working at, uh, at the kind of job where I needed something like that three days a week.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your most from from working on bar? What is the most unique drink that you've ever had to make? <sighs> like that? Like like? What was that drink? <laughs> All right. There's
2: one that sticks out to me. So when I was living in Texas, I worked at a shop in Dallas, and at night, um, it it. So this shop backstory. It was a, also a full restaurant. It was like that full cafe experience, right? You can go in there and get coffee to go, or you could sit down, order mm-hmm. a meal, and get coffee. So we had a really big uh, coffee bar, but at night, uh, started serving alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so as a barista, I would mostly work mornings into afternoons, and then would leave, and they'd turn into a bar. But one night, uh, a, everybody for some reason had called off, and my manager was like, dude, I really need you Friday night. Like, it was a double. So I had opened that morning. I had gone over to his apartment, taken a nap, and come back. But it was, like, a very once, you know, one-time thing. So I was like, look, I'll help you out for sure. Like, I get it. So I was in there. It was my very first Friday night. And at this point in my life, I had no experience with cocktails or alcohol, like, at all. Yeah. And I was just about to shut the espresso machine off. Dude comes up and says, I would like cappuccino. Okay, cool. And he was like, what kind of milk do you have? And so, like, you know, here's our alternative milks, yada, yada. And he looks at the bar where the alcohol is and says, can you use Baileys? Like, can you just steam Baileys and pour it into a shot of espresso? And in my mind, I was like, what? Like, this guy's asking me to steam, like, five ounces of just Baileys steam it and make it hot which imagine bailey's hot that sounds disgusting bummer and then make it like a cappuccino and i was just kind of like sure like okay (laughs) if you really want that like i'll do that for you so like it was like a nine dollar drink right you charge him for the espresso and all the alcohol and i just like remember watching this guy drink it and he was so nonchalant it was it seemed like he did this regularly and he was like hell yeah like this is what i drink
1: (laughs) so- <laughs> that's the that's
2: the most unique drink that I've ever made. I was just it was a one. I've only done it once. Yeah. I've only been asked for it once, and the guy just played it so cool And I was like, I'm in the wrong here, not yeah. you. Like, <laughs> you have made me feel like the, I'm the weird one. Were you? I, I mean,
1: were dude. you able to? I have so many questions. Were you able to steam it?
2: I mean, like it got hot. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it was like you know when you go to the airport. And you're, like, it's, like, 5 a.m., and you're, like, sitting at the airport, and then, like, the barista behind you just, the milk screeches. Yes. It almost sounds like if you, like, ripped a snake in half. Like,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> just, like, that blood curling screech. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounded like. The Ugh. whole time.
1: Ugh. So, like,
2: no matter, how, like, the way you were manipulating it, it just no much how screaming.
1: No much. No matter how much air you were putting yeah. into it, just. It
2: screamed.
1: Oh, God. And
2: then no, no latte art. You poured that thing, and it was just like a kind of like a that off white color, that beige. It like. Yeah. Yikes! I know. Have you?
0: I would have since tried it. I think. Honestly, like,
2: I don't own a bottle of Bailey's, but like, if somebody gifted one to me, yeah, hundred percent, I would try. It. <laughs> just because,
0: like, I, I'm curious what it should we bring
1: a bottle of Bailey's like? over to Wormhole?
2: Yes, we would do that. <laughs> oh, so another unique drink. Wormhole used to sell this. You could probably still get it if you ordered it, mm-hmm. but I don't know how many people would know. It's called a Walter Peck. And we have these shot glasses that were like really tall, like maybe four inches tall, but like really skinny, right? And if I remember correctly, what we did was we put it in thirds. So the bottom third was vanilla syrup. The top third was half and half. And then the, no, I mean, bottom third, vanilla syrup, middle third, half and half, top third, a shot of espresso. And you were meant to take it like a shot. Do the whole thing at once. And in my mind, I remember being like, man, that sounds, like, horrid. Like, totally disgusting. Because yeah. you're, A, drinking a whole espresso at once. But then it's like, that's going to be really hot. And then you have just, like, sugar it's afterward. half and half. Yeah, and I remember I did it, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, something I will only do once. But I'm so happy I did it. Because it changed my mind on that drink.
1: You know, half and half is... So, we're, we're both vegan, mm-hmm. but I've only been vegan for... A year and a half and but like half and half was like such a huge part of my coffee experience really? yeah because it's so rich it's so rich and like it's so naturally sweet yeah totally and so the idea of like whenever whenever anybody orders a brevet from me i'm like i'm like you're gonna die early but you're gonna die happy <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna die
2: satisfied yeah for sure <laughs>
1: Yep. Like, ah, kudos, man. Mm -hmm. You just made a really good choice for your day. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, So I have one more question about um, your, I feel like such a nerd, like, I have a question about your website. Sure. Um, I think it's so cool that you specify brewing methods, Mm, like preferred brewing methods, and I'm wondering how y'all land on those.
2: So... The, the start of that whole thing was really Travis. Travis was really into, like, somebody being able to go to a shop and pick, like, out of three different brewing methods. That's why t- if you go to Wormhole, you can order, like, black coffee, but you can also order something made out in Chemex or mm-hmm. V60 or Aeropress.
1: Cool. That's a
2: lot to manage. I mean, those yeah. three different things, but they all do something different, right? And so, like, we have to take our knowledge. And if we have a coffee that has a really heavy body right, that has a lot of weight to it. We might not want to put it through a Chemex because a Chemex will take a lot of the weight away. Mm -hmm. But that's like one of the best things about the coffee. So maybe we'll Aeropress it because Aeropress lends itself to coffees that have a little more weight to it and Mm -hmm. have like a kind of a bigger mouthfeel. So like that's generally what we do. And uh, every three days a week, our team gets together and we taste all of the coffee that we roasted two days previous. And so all of us have like a, super intimate relationship with these coffees like we kind of know what to expect and we know what they taste like at their peak and so right now like for example like we have a coffee from kenya that its body is on the lighter side because it's like sweet and it's almost like black tea like Mm -hmm. but that's like a a good thing because of the characteristic of the coffee but it might not always work best on aeropress You know what I mean? We might want to put it on Chemex because Chemex accentuates those kind of coffees that have light bodies. And so, yeah, on our website, we'll just kind of, like, say that. Like, here's where we think the coffee will taste best, but you can use it any way you want. Here's just kind of, like, our, you know, thing, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's... That's interesting to me. So it's not, like, a game of, like, what is your personal favorite brewing method, but it's really what the occasion calls for. Yep, totally.
1: So, um... A cool thing that y'all have done for us is you is if is that is you've donated some coffee as donation incentives um, and you chose. The- I have an
0: idea for that, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, I did mean to cut you off <laughs> this one time. Usually, I have a it's a weird pet peeve of mine when people go like, "Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off," and then they cut you off. It's uh, like yep. you, you did mean to cut me. I Anyway, so normally I would have then not cut you off, but I have a really good idea for how we what we should do. So th- we have three more bags of coffee. <laughs> one of that. So what we did last time was with two of them we had current donors guess what our favorite coffee notes are. Oh, cool. Yeah. What were some of the guesses? Uh, well, so... <clears throat> mine... So the what they were was that mine is peanut butter and Maureen's is cherry. And so right. it was hard to get people on the track of...
1: I put, like, the SCAA, like, tasting yeah. meal on, in a comment. I got... Um, people guessed for me peach and um dark chocolate which are like oh yeah you know those are all tastes that i love in a coffee <laughs> i mean um at fairgrounds right now we have the verve 1950 on the oh lot, yeah I, it's like i've a, had that blend it's like a peachy brown sugar yeah like dream it's amazing um but honestly what turned me on to specifically maraschino cherry and coffee was your um oh what was it um, ro- y- y'all had a Rwanda,
2: the Rwanda Kanzu. Yeah. So, fun fact. Remember how I was talking about those competitions and how there are mm-hmm. qualifying events? Mm-hmm. That was my competition coffee for the qualifying event. Nice. I love that coffee, and we actually just bought it again. So, yes. yeah, we just got samples of it in and tested and tasted a bunch cool. of different lots. Mandy like roasted it up a few different times, and we like decided which lot we wanted to buy. And, uh, so it's coming back.
1: Yeah. It's coming back. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's amazing. No, that's, it's so, it's so, like, decadent.
0: Yeah. coffee. Oh, it's so That
1: good. coffee
2: was special.
0: It oh really was. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, so here's what I'm thinking. Hmm? I, if you're cool with this, I would love if you, you should tell us what it is after the show. Okay. Um, so that we know. But, um... I think it would be cool if, for one of the bags, if people tried to guess your favorite coffee, and you can give them, like, a clue or two. My favorite coffee, or my coffee favorite... Coffee note, I'm sorry. Tasting, tasting note. Tasting note, yeah. Okay.
2: I need to think about that. So let me think about it.
0: That's totally fair, yeah. Um, my other question for you is, what is your, like, personal brewing setup like?
2: Mine? Oh, okay. So, I... Uh, back when I was like running the shop out of my dorm room, like years, mm-hmm. years, and years ago, uh, basically people would pay like $2 a cup and I would use that money to buy the coffee for the next Saturday, but to also get every brewing method I could. Mm-hmm. So at one point I, I legitimately, probably like most coffee pros had everything. I mean, just like it was anytime I moved, it was two like totes worth of brewing gear. So now I was on a mission to get rid of it all because I didn't use any of it, really. I mean, I rarely brew coffee at home now because I'm Mm -hmm. just out all over the place. But uh, my goal was to actually sell or give away everything except the absolute bare minimum. So I've done that because I just recently moved. So my setup, I have just a grinder. I have a scale. I have a carafe. And then the brewing device is a Kalita Wave. That's the only thing I have. And a kettle. Yeah. nothing else and like in my mind it gives me such peace Mm -hmm. knowing that I don't have anything extra that everything I have given away will be used and that my setup can now make coffee for me or for me and somebody
0: else
1: nice
0: what about the um the Khalifa way of the Khalifa Khalida Khalida Khalida, sorry yeah um what about that brewing method was the one that made you want to
2: So the thing itself is metal, meaning I'm not gonna break it. Mm -hmm. super easy to wash, so that's awesome. And it has a flat bottom. If you ever look at the filters, you know like when you go home to your parents' house and they have a Mr. Coffee and the filters have those waves? Mm -hmm. They use a very similar filter, just the bottom base is a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. It's almost like bigger than like a silver dollar. That's kind of how big the base is, but the ones for Mr. Coffee's are a lot wider. So Kalita Wave is a flat bottom. Meaning it's, I think it's much more consistent than something that is like a cone. You get a little more even of a drawdown of water through the entire bed of coffee as you would kind of with like the upside down triangle yeah. kind of bed of coffee. Um, and it's really versatile because like I was saying, I can make 12 ounces of coffee for me and it'll be great. Or the thing's big enough where I can make 24 ounces of coffee, mm-hmm. me and somebody else. So that's why I love it. I think yeah. it's really versatile. Cool. Um, yeah.
1: Um, so for the, the question I was going to ask, you gave us Guatemala and you gave us the Triforce. What are the preferred brewing methods for Mm,
2: those? So Triforce is, um, Triforce is like a blend of a different Guatemalan and Ethiopia. So I'll say that Triforce is going to be very versatile.
1: Cool.
2: It tastes awesome as a pour over. Um, it tastes awesome as espresso. I've even had it really good as cold brew. So I'd say if, like, you Mm -hmm. have a French press, do it. Like, really, if you have anything, go Mm -hmm. for the Triforce. It's easily what I think our most versatile coffee is. Um, The Guatemala, I really like it on Aeropress or, like, V60. So I'll give you three. Aeropress, French press, or V60. Because the Guatemalan has a lot of those nutty characteristics that you'd be really into. Mm -hmm. Like, that kind of, like peanut butteriness but it also has some like acidity to it but like a really like hefty body you know what I mean okay. when you drink it it's very mouth coating tongue coating mm-hmm. and so I think those three methods would like lend itself to that characteristic cool mm-hmm.
0: yeah people hit me with the nail right on the head where the, their first guess is they didn't guess peanut butter right away but it was like tobacco dark chocolate mm, yeah, hazelnut yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. um
1: yeah yeah, Daniel's cool. more into the decadent stuff and I'm more into, like, like give me an Ethiopian and I'm nice. happy camping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: well, we have a couple minutes left, uh, so the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Um, Hi. It
1: Moody. can also
0: kind of be like, <laughs> she's like, where can I be sitting? Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Moody is now in lap. For those keeping track at home of when Moody is in lap.
2: She's so sweet. every every episode she
1: yeah. gets in the lot. <laughs> um,
0: wow, she's like really here. She's here to stay. She's oh, like, absolutely.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. You're stuck here. Um,
0: so what we'll do is we can... Uh, we'll, we have a spiel that we do at the end of the show. Uh-huh. And at the end of that, we do a donor spiel. And so during that, we can give, if you're cool with it, clues towards... We'll like cue to you to give cues towards a favorite flavor note.
2: Okay. I have like a general... Like, it's not, I don't know if it's, like, specific enough.
1: Okay.
0: What do you think? I'm down.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if we can go, like, are you are you hinting that you have, like, a vibe that you enjoy? Or, like, a general, like, category? It's one word. Oh, it's one it's word? It's one
2: word. But it's not, like, as specific as, let's say, like, a raspberry.
1: Gotcha. Do you know what I'm
0: saying? Let's pause one second. Cool. All right. So we know now. So the, the, um, <laughs> the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug. Um, a lot of times it's really obvious, like, people that come in and they have an upcoming event or, or anything like that. It also can include, like, where people can um, find mm-hmm. you on social media and stuff like that. Um, but it also can be uh, other people you think are doing dope work or other, like, media you're consuming, like TV shows, books, whatever.
2: Okay. My, oh, am I going? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So I think the first thing that's most important is – um, a lot of our wholesale partners are amazing so go to scone city
1: mm-hmm. drink
2: their coffee eat their scones go to damn fine coffee go to build coffee down in hyde park and see an amazingly diverse staff do some really amazing things um if you are ever in the need of a space to have an office or a co-working space go to ampersand co-work you can find our coffee there that's really fun um, and if you're ever traveling if you ever going down to Texas go to Denton and go to a place called shift coffee you can drink our coffee there and if you're ever really wondering where we provide coffee to on our website you can find almost all of our partners you know who we partner with and stuff in
1: our neighborhood y'all do Vincent right oh yeah yeah Vincent
2: I see I forgot that I was in Andersonville yeah but yeah you can go to Vincent and try that cool um, so there's a lot of places around the city that you can find our coffee um, also, if you're wondering, like I was saying earlier, we are opening our own cafe, a half cafe, not a wormhole too, but a half-wit cafe and a training center and a roastery, cool. which will be on Fullerton, just west of Kimball. So Kimball and Fullerton right over there. Um, and hopefully if you're interested, we'll be open sometime in September. Cool. Maybe cool. mid-September, maybe a little later. It's always kind of flex, you know, in there.
0: But that's the new kind of thing we got going on. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson.
1: I continue to be Maureen Smith.
0: If you want to keep up with what we're up to, you can head over to com. That is our site. You can find all of our articles there. We've had some interesting stuff come up. Actually, so I just wrote up a um, a piece on Olivia Lilly's um, show. If you've been listening to recent episodes, you've probably heard our interview with her. Um, you can see the poster there, too. Uh, she gave us the scoop, actually, as far as like the... the um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, we're going to be the first, pe- like, press covering it. Oh,
1: yeah. Like, she just started her press blitz. Yeah. And so.
0: So, yeah. we I um pulled some quotes from the That was last night. So, I wrote this, like, uh, that's why I woke up. And I was, uh, this is our
1: third interview in 12 hours.
0: hours. 12 hours. Holy oh, yeah. cow.
1: Yeah. It's, we had nothing Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And then just, like. Blitz. Blitz. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Besides that, we've been doing some really great local city city politics journalism. There's still a lot of really great articles up on the whole SB1 school funding bill, Um, so do check that out. Otherwise, you can keep up with us on all the social media places on Facebook. We're under Scoppy Magazine, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, uh, iTunes, and Google Play, Mag uh do leave a leave a review in those places if you can s-c-a-p-i-m-a-g is how we spell it
1: and as always i'm here to emphasize the importance of donations we run on a shoestring budget everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity so first of all thank you so much second of all we could use a little bit more help um, if you're in a position to give, you can head over to our website, scopymag.com. go to our About section, there you can read a little bit more about us. You can also give in two ways. You can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will receive a handwritten thank you note and our eternal gratitude. And if you choose to give on a monthly level, um, first of all, our next couple new monthly donors will get an awesome bag of halfway coffee. Um, How are we doing this? Are we doing one bag for new donors? One bag. Two bags for new new donors. donors. One One bag bag for for... our current donor. If you're a current donor and you can guess Eli's um, favorite coffee note category, which Eli will give a a hint to now. So
2: the hint is that there are full shops and
0: stores dedicated to this.
1: Nice. Cool. Good hint. Nice.
0: Good
1: hint. Um... (laughs) So, if you're able to... So, go
0: ahead to the Facebook page and comment on the
1: episode episode with your guests. Yeah. Um, Or shoot us a message.
0: Or comment comment, on the the thing. Okay, fine.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, So, that's... Yeah. So, give a little... (laughs) Give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share.
0: Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something.
1: Yep.